0: You are listening to the Spark Influence podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts.
1: Leadership is not a rank or a position. It is a choice. A choice to look after the person to the left of us and the person to the right of us. Simon Sinek. Today on Spark Influence, we're going to talk about servant leadership and what that means both in family, in business, and your spiritual life.
0: Yeah, I love this topic of servant leadership because it's one that I have seen modeled for me with you, with your parents, with the way that they led us and other leaders in our church and community. And it is something that I know that I have tried to apply in my leadership style as well. So what exactly is servant leadership?
1: Yeah, the vast majority of what you'll hear or read or see is going to Pertain to how servant leadership applies in business. But really, this was modeled in the Bible, and actually, Jesus modeled it for us admirably in how we lead others not by choice or by being overtly wanting to be in command and in control, because that's not even what it means, right? It's put the last first and the first last. That's what this is. You put the others before you, you become the example by lifting everyone else up, by caring for, looking after, growing. Mentoring, just being a general leader, but not in the sense that the the world today sees that leadership.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love in the we we hear this story both in the book of Matthew and in Mark where James and John the sons of Thunder the sons of De- Zebedee they want to have this position they want to sit you know at, on Jesus's side when they get to heaven and Jesus in the conclusion of that paragraph you know he ends with I love this part. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall be not so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is also known as the suffering servant, and he came to live on mission on this earth to do his Father's will. And he knew that what James and John were asking him were not something that he could give to them because it was not part of his his mission, right? Because his, he came to do the Father's will and he came to lay his life down as a ransom and as a sacrifice, as, as a propitiation for our sins.
1: That's excellent. So, you know, that's a, a good scriptural reference of, of what we're talking about because I do think, I probably can't highlight this enough, people think this is all about business. This is all about in the workplace, like be the leader, right? Simon Sinek has a great book, that I highly recommend calls leaders eat last the principles work admirably well in the workplace because that is a place sorely lacking in in, in true leadership there are lots of bosses they're not a lot of leaders right and it's easy to the boss mode and boss role is the time checker the 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 person who's grinding everybody down just productivity profits over people it's the kind of things people hate about business in general true leaders all those things are put put the workers first put everybody who is doing that first above themselves that's why the whole leaders eat last which is comes from a military where the highest ranking official typically eats last right
0: or the mom in the kitchen because the <laughs> she serves all the food and cooks for all the people and she ends up eating last or not at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think there was a book you read and it was a joke about the mom hadn't eaten a hot meal in like 20 years because <laughs> she was always cooking for everybody else in the house and everyone was done and then she could finally eat and it was always a cold plate of food. So yeah, that is a true example of servant leadership, right? A mom is like a really good example of servant leadership where your, your concern and your, your goal is to raise up and empower, and help, and grow, and shepherd, and mentor, those those are under your care, which are typically your children, and obviously your husband, but in the workplace, it's it's seen very differently, and it's just the last five, seven, ten years, maybe, that the idea of servant leadership has really kind of grown, you know, you alluded to it in the beginning, I saw this from my father, who was a really true servant leader, I have the honor of carrying his same name, so Peter Philip, and he he showed that constantly in in the way he worked and the way the the honor and the morality and the uprightness that he brought right those are really sorely lacking things and that if you apply that across the board if you have that same level across your personal life your business life your friend life right that's that servant leadership then is reflected in in all the things that you do and it's that's a that's a, it's a rare thing now, but it's a really important thing I think that we should all be striving for.
0: Absolutely. It's the golden rule, right? We should be treating other people the way we want to be treated. And I think as a as a leader, we can think of all of the times in our life where maybe we've had not a good leader, you know, we have all had those terrible ex- job experiences or like you mentioned, you know, people that just kind of just lord things over you. But then we've also had the experience of having amazing leaders. So what are some of the, the leadership skills that you see that a leader who is a servant leader, what are some of the things that he would do or she would do in the workplace that you would say, yes, that is an example of servant leadership?
1: I'm glad you asked this. So sometimes this gets conflated with being a really hard worker and being a really good leader, right? So if you're the first in the office and you're the last to leave, you know, like they said, you can run really fast on a treadmill, but you're still not going to go anywhere, right? So, what you're doing that that's important, and putting in the work and being there and getting things done that's important. But what this is really about, and the people that I've been most impressed with and admired for this, is trust. When leaders put trust in people and say, "You know what, you're you were hired to do this job, and I'm going to trust you to do this job and go do it," and they're empowered, and here's the things you need, and whether it's the tools or the software or the the, the stuff in your home or whatever it is, right? For you, it was books for homeschooling, right? just You were a trusted leader and you had a, a huge library and that made a, a massively impactful difference, right? Even Steve Jobs had a great quote. He said, we don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people to tell us what to do. And that's a, a leader who's going to say, I've brought you in. This is what you, I need you to do. And I trust you to do it. And that autonomy and that flexibility and that scale so they can scale themselves. And the leader is there to support them and provide protection and shield from whether it's upper management or whatever other slings and arrows that come after them. That makes an admirable leader. And if you've ever had a boss like that, who you know is protecting you, who's there to shepherd and shield you, but then gives you full ability to do your job, yeah those everyone remember those if you had them so
0: yeah I can just remember you know your different bosses through the years and and how you had some really great leaders who have spoken into your life and into your career but also those leaders all just said here's your job do it do it well and gave you the freedom and flexibility to do it there's one person in particular that I remember who hired you and I've seen the opposite in my experience where you know you're a really smart guy. And a lot of times people don't want to put really smart people into a position because they feel inferior. And instead of bringing on really smart people onto the team to all work together and to do a great job, because there might be something lacking in, in their ability. So I'd love for you to speak into that.
1: Yeah, I'll actually I'll actually even name him so he can listen later. Yeah, so his name is Larry Hack. He, was, he hired me in 1998 at a bank, and the job hire was hilarious because he was on vacation, and I actually interviewed in his office chair, in his office with him. But it was really quickly evident that he was not intimidated by people who were smart. In fact, he made a statement once, and he may or may not remember this, where he said – I want to be the dumbest guy in the group. Like I'll protect y'all, but I want to be the, du- I want nothing but smart people around me. He said, cause it's going to make my job so much easier. And he always was there to protect us. He was always providing what we needed, right? So whether it was electronics or goods or software or whatever we needed, like, what do you need to do your job? What are the tools you need? Let me provide that for you. And he was always our champion, whether, and he would protect us. Like he was, he was voracious in his ability to consume all of the The slings and arrows that were thrown, you know, especially in the corporate world, it can be pretty rough from other departments. I mean, you're an IT, so everybody hates you, but he was a tremendous leader in that respect, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you said. I I know Larry is a man of faith, and that ties in with, you know, the way he treats you as an employee or a friend or, you know, he brings that faith into the corporate culture. So I think you're right. I think it's something, it's a principle that we live out, that we are... We are that kind of leader wherever we are, whether we're at home or we're in the office or wherever we find ourselves. And sometimes I think a problem that leaders have is pride. And I can see that playing out in so many different ways. People are about themselves. You know, you and I have this conversation a lot when we're driving in the car or when we're around the table, you know, we just talk about A lot of people are out for themselves. What can I get? What can help me? And they're not about building up others or bringing others into the opportunity. And I can say from my my personal experience in the work that I do, you know, I try to be be very open handed with the opportunities that I get, and so then I can give those opportunities and pass those opportunities along to podcasters in my network and so i think that pride you know pride is that besetting sin that is it's all about me but even jesus was like no i'm here on mission for god and so how have you seen that played out
1: yeah it's right pride is probably outside of original sin it's the number one and maybe it is the original original sin right Before man even. And it is the one that is the most treacherous in the world, right? And it manifests itself in so many different ways. In the business world, it would be a prideful leader who wants to take all the credit and push you behind and back. And they're the ones that are always going to the meetings and taking credit for everything that everybody else did because they're trying to build themselves up, right? That's generally a hollow, sad person who is doing that and not giving people credit for for what, what they've done in a relationship it's uh, one of the spouses is the husband or the wife is prideful. So it's all about them, right? It it often it becomes a pride narcissist kind of combo, right? It's a little tango there between the two where it's all about me and I make myself better, whether it's people who are, and even where they're deprecating to their spouse or they they're they're very much negative and don't build them up in the world. Right. So the the goal should be to put that person up and build them up. You're they're supporting them and it, it almost never fails that if you're very much in support and building that other one up, that you're going to get built up because then they're, they're going to reciprocate. They're not going to be one sided, right? And it tends to make for a tremendous relationship. It's very much, I believe, how our relationship is, right? It's how we are with each other. You were always positive in building me up, and I I adore you and always positively try to build you up. And we don't. There's no tear down there, right? So that lifts us up. In business, it comes out as. You know, I, in my consulting, I often say I'm in the hero business, right? Which means I'm making my client the hero. That's me making sure they look good. I don't care if the people around them don't even know my name and they've never met me, but that he's the hero. And he, that's the job, right? That's what it should be, that we're going to make them, we're going we're gonna to lift them up. And that's being servant-like, right? I'm not there for myself. I'm there to raise them, lift them, and grow them, and help them. And, I mean, even in, in child-rearing, it could be, pride can be, a terrible thing raising children if it's all about you that pridefulness becomes you know your, your children don't be they're sort of for some people they are either accoutrements that are added on you know i've checked my 2.5 kid box and my <laughs> golden retriever you know so you definitely pride's a problem right
0: early in our relationship you were not always being the person that you should be you know father husband and you know, the Bible says for women to win their husbands over without a word. And I remember early on in our marriage, me learning to 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 be the wife that I was supposed to be to you. And oftentimes, I think in a marriage, when couples will be like, well, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So why should I do the things that you know, I'm supposed to do. It's, it's, it's that selfishness that you were talking about, that it's all about me in, in our marriage. And, you know, the, the Bible is so good and true that if we follow its principles, everything works out so much better. So, you know, I know for us earlier in our marriage, I sometimes just had to be quiet and, and win you over that way.
1: Yeah, Definitely. I think servant leadership in an early relationship looks very different than servant leadership twenty-seven years later, right? For for sure, because as I alluded to, it's no, more than twenty-seven years. By whatever. the way, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. I was just checking up to make sure you knew what you're doing. So, yeah, that you know, youth is is it requires a lot of education, and there's not a lot of insight and understanding. And the world is looks different when you're 21 and 24 than it does when you're older when you're over the hill i'm not going to disclose (laughs) years here but you know this this thing is like dear to my heart right like i'll I'll give it i'll even harken back to the larry Heck example who was my boss at the time my father had was diagnosed with uh, astrocytoma tumor in his brain and it we had gone through treatment and it looked like it was going away and then he went back for a regular scan and the doctor said it's come back and it's everywhere and he's going, he's going to not going to make it five months. And my father said, you know, we told him about this and we said, what do you want to do? You want to go through this treatment again? And he said, no, I'm not going through chemo again. There's no way. He's like, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm what we said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to go see the grand Canyon. So, okay. So we rented two really nice, large motorhomes, And I went to my boss at the time who was Larry. And I said, Hey, my dad's not going to make it. And I'm taking time off. And he best example of a boss. He looked at me and said, Go. You have a job when you get back. Just go. Yeah. I said, I don't know how long it'll be. He said, it doesn't matter. You have a job.
0: Yeah, that's wow. And speaking of your dad, I just have to throw this in here too. You know, at his funeral, his boss came who is the, the founder of Hillcorp Energy and he did your dad's eulogy. And he talked about servant leadership and your dad and his integrity and the way he led even at his funeral. So during that time, we got to kind of see it from both sides because we saw the way that your boss was to you in the middle of that difficult situation. And, and there were other times where we had lost babies and your bosses, you know, would give you time off when I was on bed rest for Ian, you know, there was a transition period there where you, you were able to be home a lot to help while I was on bed rest. But then we also saw that the other side of it, kind of like a look into, you know, what somebody else thought of your dad. And so that was, was very special that your father, you know, turned, hill corp around because of his integrity and because of that jeff hildebrandt you know just said really incredible things about your father at the funeral
1: yeah it was that was really nice it was great because he talked about he exemplified servant leadership
0: okay so you mentioned leaders eat last by simon sinek what are some other books or resources that we could share with our audience today. I always love to resource people. So if this concept is new to them, if they are not familiar, obviously they can go to Matthew 20 in the New Testament and also in Mark to learn about this story that we shared. But what are some other resources? You know, I know that Robert Greenleaf is the modern person who who has started this concept. One of the things that he said was good leaders must first become good servants. So I know that he sort of coined the term servant leadership. What are some other resources that you found valuable to you in your walk as a leader?
1: I mean, the current modern leader probably of that space, not to use leader too much, but it, it truly is Simon Sinek, right? He's got start with why, find your why, why for business like infinite game is amazing. And then leaders eat last and he's probably got another one. There's another book that's really good. It's lead like Jesus by Ken Blanchard and Phil Hodges, because I think, I think you alluded to it in the beginning, the original servant leader is Jesus by, by far. And the Bible is sort of the, the book talk, this book talks about this, where if you just dissect the Bible, it's every instructional thing for life in general, but it's also a great blueprint for servant leadership right? And you can look at so many leaders in the Bible where when you break down how they led, it applied, that applied, whether it's in their personal life or whether it was a Solomon or David or Moses or all of these showed an exemplified servant leadership, right? It's what they did. They served their people, but they were always, it's the reluctant leader. You know, they, Hollywood uses that trope a lot, right? It's like, I don't want to be the leader, but you, you know, it's, it's not- Hunger this, games. The, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> the reluctant leader, whatever it is. So But in the Bible, it's filled with people who were, It has reluctant leaders in it, but it has others who really, once they walked into that role and stepped up, like it's, they're tremendous examples of, of life, both from family and business and friendships and really applicable in all, all aspects of life.
0: Yeah, I think about Moses. So Moses, you know, he was like, don't pick me, God, I can't speak, which I can totally relate to that.
1: Had a huge stutter, right? Yeah. A terrible stutter.
0: But, you know, when he walked into his purpose and calling, he, you know, led the people out of slavery.
1: Yeah, so thinking about that, whether it's the Bible, which I would say is the first place you could go <laughs> to get these examples and learn certain leadership, and then some books that we've, we've listed, and we'll put some of that in the show notes But embracing the concept of it, it's not. It's not. You're not a waiter. You're not waiting on people, and that makes you the servant. And you're bringing them things, and you're. That means you're the servant leader. This, this, that. That word "servant" really has some strange connotations. People try to figure that out. It's really about others first. It's and it's lack of self, kind of like
0: dying to self, Mm, picking up your cross and following me. You know, a little bit.
1: (laughs) right we've been told this multiple times and there's a modern connotation to it the servant leader kind of that kind of concept but it's really about not you first it's others and that's what jesus was all about it was about everyone else right
0: you know i'm glad that you brought up waiters because that's something that You have an amazing ability to connect with anyone, whether it's the waiter at the restaurant or the janitor sweeping the floor or the president of a Fortune One company, because you see people and you you really see them right you're present with them and it doesn't matter who they are or what they do and i think that's part of servant leadership too because you can very quickly make friends with somebody because i feel like people just want to be seen so whether it's the person who's working at the phone store when you got to go pick up your phone or or at the grocery store who's scanning the groceries you know i really try to when i go like see them speak to them Say hello to them. Treat other people the way you want to be treated.
1: Your, your job does not define who you are, and it shouldn't cast you to who you are to other people. If you look down on people doing more menial-type jobs, then you've got a problem, and you need to really examine you. And you're the actual one who's filthy and dirty and bad right? Every, everyone has job do. People who work really hard and toil at really tough jobs are real servants. They're real servants and they're leaders because they're doing the stuff other people don't want to do. And if you think you're better because you put a tie on to go to work, you've got serious problems to look You've got things to look at. And the difference is it's not the role that you're filling in the job that you're doing. It's how you see you and how you see other people in those respective roles. If you think you're better because you take a town car to work and wear a tie and go to a courtroom. Then if you are the guy who was actually pushing the cart around and mopping the floors, then you have, you are not a servant leader, by the way, just FYI.
0: (laughs) Well, and, and Jesus is said that in this passage, like the first will be last and the last will be first. So I think you're right. That's a big problem in our world because people that have, you know, certain jobs or, or think, that they are better than, than other people. And, and so they start to believe their own press and that can become a really difficult problem. So I'm glad you called that out because you're absolutely right. Like we need to treat everyone the way that we want to be treated and look for opportunities to build other people up.
1: hundred percent. Every, every interaction is an opportunity to build a leader like every interaction. You can change somebody miraculously by a conversation, treating them like a human and like I love what you said. It's a you see them like I see you as a person. You're a human being. You're not just whatever. Like that's that's a powerful statement. And a lot of people just want that. Yeah. They just need that. A little bit of interaction.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a great place to end this episode with a challenge to see somebody, whether it's somebody in your neighborhood, someone in your office, or maybe even someone in your home, look into their eyes and be present with them and look for ways that you can go out of your way to serve them, to know what they like And just put them first. And you can write little notes to people. You can, you know, maybe it's sitting down and having a conversation with somebody. But that's where I want to leave this episode today. I would love to encourage the listeners to go out of their way to see someone else today.
1: Amen.